Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm Laura Evans, and you are listening to Hope for the Hurting. Our mission is simple. We want to provide hope and help to those who are hurting, lost, and in despair. My background is in broadcasting and radio, and I'm joined by my dad, Dr. Irv Wolf, who, in addition to being a pastor for over 30 years, has a background in marriage and family therapy. Dr. Irv has authored two books. He's the director of Hopewell Counseling in Minnesota, where he and my mom counsel individuals and couples. And today we're continuing in our series on the armor of God and what it means to have feet shod with the gospel of peace or peace shoes, as as I like to call them. But before we dive into that, I thought um, it might be a good idea to start out with prayer because I don't know about you, dad, but just this past week, I just feel this overwhelming sense of spiritual attack and heaviness and you know, I start to I just think that, you know, it's me, it's all in my head. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling like a failure, like defeated. And then I'm, I'm reading as I'm preparing for our series today. And I'm going, Laura, hello, put on the armor. Like, let's do this. Like, stop talking about it and put it to work. So I just thought we should open in prayer, call out Satan and his tactics and just deal with him head on. Just like everyone else, you and I get down. We feel defeated. We feel under attack. And that's exactly how I've been feeling this week. And then last night, you and I tried to record our podcast as we typically do on Wednesday nights. And there was, it was not happening. Internet was not working. I couldn't get my printer to work. I just feel like he's trying to take us down. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. I agree. I think that was very much satanic opposition last night. You know, I'm sure Satan quakes in his boots when he thinks about uh, us doing a series on the armor of God, because if the people of God get equipped right. with what they need to, to fight back and resist the devil, uh, he's defeated. Yep. He's already he's... defeated at the cross. He's still trying to reign in the lives of people. He's trying to deceive us and, and convince us that we're not going to win, even though Christ has already won. Yep. So yes. Heavenly Father, we just come before you now, and there's just been this spirit of heaviness and this spirit of attack, especially as we go into this series again on the armor of God and talking about the gospel of peace and the truth that you give us and that peace that you provide for us, that you give us as your children, um, peace that surpasses all understanding. You give that to us. You promise to give us that because we're your children. And just like we want to give good gifts to our children and we want them to feel loved and sheltered and protected from the elements and from the evil out there, you want to do the same for us. And we just feel like we're under such heaviness and such attack and such darkness. And I just pray, God, that you would lift that from us, lift, lift that from all of our listeners who are feeling the same way, that spirit of heaviness and defeat and depression, like everything uh, is going wrong. I just pray that you would lift that from us and give us a peace that surpasses all understanding because you love us. Help us to walk in that victory, to put on our armor and to fight back because Satan is a liar. He's a liar from the pit of hell. And we're going to call him out on it because you've given us that right, that authority. And we give this to you in Jesus' name. My Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we say to Satan and all of his dominions that you have no place in this broadcast. You have no place in our lives. Mm -hmm. We are the blood-bought children of God. Amen. We stand in the power of the blood. We stand in the power of Jesus Christ. We possess the Holy Spirit and he possesses mm -hmm. us. And you have no authority. 
Nope. No authority whatsoever over us. We belong to God's kingdom, not to yours. Yep. And we will never surrender to you. We will never give you an inch, not in our lives, not in our churches, mm -mm. not in our marriages, not with our children, not with our families, not with our friends, not with any of it. You don't belong here. Mm -mm. You belong in hell where you're going. Mm -hmm. You will be in the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. And we know that. We read the last chapter of the book. Mm -hmm. We know how this turns out. And we say to you, be gone in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We've got to take back our ground, Dad. He's held us under his thumb for far too long, and we're not having it. So today, with that being said, and with that powerful prayer, we're launching into our next session in the series on the armor of God, which is the peace shoes, the gospel of peace. <laughs> <laughs> and we need some of that. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, I, I just want to start out with kind of an introduction, because when I was uh, in my uh, 20s and 30s, uh, I came across uh, an interesting factoid uh, concerning the dictator of the Philippines. His name is Ferdinand Marcos, Ooh. and he was married to a very a slight, uh, attractive woman named Imelda, mm -hmm. Imelda Marcos, and she was known for two things. Shoes. One, one is she was known for being married to the dictator of the Philippines, Ferdinand, uh -huh. but she was also known for or possessing the world's largest collection of shoes. That's what I thought, and I remember her for that reason. She had 3,000 pairs of shoes. Oh, good grief. I mean, talk about a woman that had a little bit of an obsession. Uh, she, she was- Honey, I'm just gonna do a little shopping. That's, yeah. that's how she dealt with it. I mean, him. I don't know how she did that. Anyway, all this of therapy. her shoes, when she, when she died, all of her shoes are being preserved right now. You can go and see them at the Marikina Shoe Museum in Manila, Philippines. Hmm. They've got all 3,000 pairs right there because shoes are important. Uh, they, are, they are important to Imelda for sure, but they're important to all of us. And they're especially important to Roman soldiers who had to go into battle. Mm -hmm. They had to march on foot. Mm -hmm. They didn't have Humvees, they didn't have Jeeps. They didn't have armored vehicles. They didn't have tanks. They didn't have any of the modern conveniences that our troops usually uh, enjoy right now in the battlefield. Uh, officers rode on horses in the Roman army, but your average soldier marched on foot. Mm -hmm. So that means that his feet and his shoes had to be uh, well-selected and prepared for that kind of wear and tear. We now turn our attention to what it means to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hmm. So we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Uh, Roman footwear. Typical Roman citizens wore sandals that were made of leather and they were called calci. And calci is just, they're, they're pretty flimsy, but they did the trick. They kept your feet off the ground. And uh, soldiers, however, wore different uh, type of shoes. They wore heavy leather shoes that were half boot, half sandal. So it went up uh, part way up your leg into your calf. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, so they had the open toed uh, part so that they, you know, one size could fit all, but it went up into your calf. Mm -hmm. And they are called caliga, 
and caliga is uh, the Roman word for a shoe. Uh, to ensure soldiers had sure footing, they had multiple layers of leather attached to the sole of the boot by hobnails that dug into the ground, almost like uh, a shoe that had short golf spikes. Like cleats? Seen, yeah, like cleats. Okay. You've seen shoes with cleats or seen shoes with golf spikes or uh -huh. even football shoes have little spikes on the bottom. So did Roman soldiers' shoes. They had these spikes. Well, what kind of benefit was that? Yeah. Two primary benefits. Uh, they protected the feet of the soldiers from the terrain. And secondly, these hobnails provided the ability to stand firm in hand-to-hand -hand combat mm. and they dug in and kept the soldier from slipping or sliding backwards so when he dug in he had some really he had some some good foot pushing power wow uh, that that he could move forward with him i did not know that yeah and the roman the roman soldiers usually when they went into battle formed something called a phalanx hmm. yeah a phalanx comes from the actually the Greek word for log. Oh, I thought that was that little thing at the back of your throat. No. <laughs> the phalanx? Oh, no. That's there, the uvula. Never mind. The, the uvula. Yeah, there is a phalanx bone in your hand. Oh, the phalanx. Yeah, I knew it was something to do with the anatomy. Uvula, yes. phalanx, whatever. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, the, the phalanx, the actual word in Greek means log. And it, it illustrates the kind of line of soldiers that they would line up like a log hmm. and they would have their shields locked together shoulder to shoulder and they marched into close combat with an enemy. They were significantly more effective than if they were separate. Mm -hmm. uh, together they could stand their ground, mm -hmm. they dug in with their, with their hobnails and together they could deflect arrows coming down upon them with their, shield, uh, with their shields and they could push back the enemy and cause them to break ranks and flee. And just like uh, animals uh, that a lion would attack, you try to rush the herd so you can get them mm -hmm. to scatter in fear and then you can pick them off. Mm -hmm. And that, that was the whole principle behind it. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the preparation of the gospel of peace? Well, instead of the word preparation, some translations say readiness or prepared the idea is to put on the gospel of peace, put mm -hmm. it on. It's, it's an exhortation to do something, take action, mm -hmm. put on the gospel of peace. Several things about that allegorical application to the Christian life. Just like boots are made for walking. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, just no, what they'll do. Yeah. I knew Nancy Sinatra was going to come out of you. I just knew it. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. <laughs> well, they are made for walking, but no need for boots on your feet. If you're just sitting still, uh, if you're just standing around, you don't need boots like that. Uh, the same is true of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also mm -hmm. to the Greek. The gospel is the good news that Jesus died for sinners that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, and that he offers that same resurrection life to anyone who believes. Mm -hmm. So that's good news. And it is meant to be proclaimed Amen. to a lost and dying world who needs Jesus Christ. Yep. Just like boots, the gospel is meant to be walked out in daily life. Yes, uh, It's meant to advance 
into all the world. Mm -hmm. Christians are not to sit around keeping the gospel to themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was a pastor, we used to have a saying about churches. Are we making fishers of men or are we just keepers of the aquarium? Oh, that's good, so as Dad. I, as, a pastor, good. as a pastor, you want to equip people so they're fishers of men. Mm -hmm. They're actively going out sharing the gospel. Yep, and you want to see souls saved. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, that is one of the key characteristics of a vital, healthy church. Precisely. You're yeah, not just sitting churches. there taking it in health and wealth and, and what's good for me, but you're feeling equipped and empowered and impassioned to save a lost and dying world around you. Yeah. If, if unbelievers are not coming to faith in Christ in your church because of the efforts and because of the witnessing of the people in your church, you're not a growing church. Mm -hmm. You're just simply a keeper of the aquarium. You're just making the fish happy by feeding them fish food. That's yep. all you're doing. Absolutely. And recently in church, my pastor, um, I go to Sioux Falls first, and he was saying that basically along these lines, he felt a vision over Sioux Falls first that they are going to be the ER of Sioux Falls, where the lost yeah. and the dying come, spiritually dying come and they can be resuscitated and we, we lead them to Jesus. And he says, now hear me on this. He says, I say this with love, but I also say this with righteous indignation that if someone comes in here and they feel turned away by your behavior, I will be righteously angry, indignant that you behave like that. We need to behave in such a way that no matter what they're wearing, no matter what they smell like, no matter what they did the night before, when they walk through these doors, they feel loved and they feel drawn to Jesus. You know, that's very much like a lot of the churches in the 60s who were part of the Jesus Revolution. Mm -hmm. Back in the 60s during the Jesus Revolution, when I came to faith in Christ, churches opened their doors to hippies yep. who smelled bad and, yeah. and didn't talk right and smoked dope. Mm -hmm. And here they came in among these nice, prim and proper Christians, and the pastors had to encourage and basically train their congregations to accept these young people, to love them, yep. and bring them to Christ. And once they got saved, their behavior changed. Right. And they weren't the same. Yep. He says, I will be so disgusted and angry if they leave here feeling judged and not wanted. You love them just the way they are. You yeah. love them to Jesus. That's what you do. Yeah. Right after I, I first got saved, I went to a, a number of churches and you could walk in as a, a visitor into a church and you could walk out and nobody said anything to right. you. Right. That's how most churches are. Yeah. Well, it's very unfriendly. The one church I walked into, uh, I sat with uh, mom and I and little baby, uh, your baby brother, Doug, sat right in the front row so we'd make sure that we'd walk past everybody mm -hmm. and we sat there and we walked out and not a person they all turned away from us to their little cliques of people mm -hmm. and we got out the front door the only one that said hi to us was the pastor who shook our hand mm. and we got out to the parking lot and i heard a voice behind me say hey who are you and i said i'm i'm irv wolf and this is my wife elsie and our little boy doug and they said, well, are you new here? And I said, yeah. And he said, what are you doing for dinner? Aww. And I said, probably going back to the Air Force Base. Aww. 
And he said, why don't you come over to my place and we'll have Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> and he, he reached out to us and we went back to his place and we came to that church and wound up joining that church because of him. Yes, that's so powerful. He was, he was, he reached out to us. No other church in the, in the area did. That is so powerful. And I, I heard just, I know, I know we need to get back on topic here, but I heard a, a pastor say, like, sometimes people don't speak to you because maybe that's not the service they typically go to. And they don't want to insult you by saying, are you new? And then they find out you've been going there for 10 years. So then rather than saying, Hey, are you new here? You just say, Hey, how, how long have you been attending Sioux Falls first? Or how long have you been attending this church? And then you just hear their story. They might say, oh, this is my first Sunday. Or they might say, yeah, we've been going here for two years now. Say, oh, how did you come across this church? Or what do you like about this church? And then that, that opens the door for you to have a conversation with them. Not only was it uh, refreshing to be invited uh, to be part of that church and to be included in that church, but it was life transforming because it was part of the reason why I wanted to be a pastor. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Of, because and of see, what he did. See what, what God can do through one person, what God can do through you. And that wasn't hard. All he had to do was come over, befriend you, invite you over for dinner. That's a long time ago, though. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. Well, let's talk about two types of peace. Because Christians are to walk out the gospel in our daily living. But there are two types of peace that the Bible talks about. First, there's peace with God. And I want to emphasize that. Romans mm -hmm. 5.1 says, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God mm -hmm. through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with God means the war is over. Mm -hmm. God won. Mm -hmm. Lost sinners have surrendered to him mm -hmm. and become saved. Amen. And there is no peace with God apart from salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. That's the gospel of peace. And you can have peace with God if you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Second type of peace is the peace of God. Philippians 4, 7 mm -hmm. says, and the peace of God, which surpasses or passes all comprehension shall guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is God's promise of peace for believers only. Mm -hmm. He never gives his peace to the unsaved. Mm -hmm. uh, the unsaved are convicted. The unsaved are stirred. Mm -hmm. The unsaved are at unrest. But God's peace is beyond our comprehension, and it is for believers only. Wow. He gives what the Jews call in Hebrew, shalom. Shalom. Shalom is peace or tranquility mm -hmm. or rest or calmness. God will give shalom to his children who trust him and call upon his name. Mm -hmm. Many people will ask you, how can you be calm right. with all that you're going through? Yeah. The answer is God has given me his peace. Yep. And even I don't understand why I'm so calm, but I am. Right, right. I, yeah, I, I, if you listen, if you listen to stories about uh, pe people that have been brutally persecuted or even martyrs, like I think of Stephen in the Bible, that his face radiated and he was yeah, at peace when he was yeah. being stoned to death. That's something supernatural. That's something that can only come from God. Yeah, that's that's amazing stuff. And you know what? The peace of God is supernatural it's the holy spirit that's providing it he is the spirit that gives all the fruit love joy peace mm -hmm. patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness, self-control he gives peace and it only comes as the fruit of the spirit yep. and he's the one that gives you the peace that comprehends that that passes all comprehension mm -hmm. 
Well, the last little bit is the truth applied. Do you have the peace? Mm -hmm. Peace with God. Do you have that? Are you born again? Have you ever asked Jesus to come into your heart and save you from your sins? Mm -hmm. If not, that's the starting point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You need Jesus in your life because without him, you're fighting God. Right. And there is no peace for you. Right. No amount of power, fame, or wealth can fill the hole in your heart. But God can and he will if you'll cry out to him to save you. And we're going to give you an opportunity. Yep. Laura and I will give you an opportunity at the end of this broadcast to do exactly that. Right. Secondly, do you have peace of God? Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian, does his peace settle your heart and mind or are you still troubled and disturbed by a situation, God gives his peace to his children mm -hmm. when they trust him and when they call out to him. To go into it, you need to be able to stand firm with your cleats in. Mm -hmm. We must go into battle with the gospel of peace. Mm -hmm. It's our boots. Yep. We declare the good news of Jesus Christ to the lost. Yep. We may be criticized. We may be cursed. We may be spat upon. We may be attacked. We may be threatened. We may even be fired by an employer. But we stand firm, yep. our boots are dug in, and we have his peace to keep us calm in the midst of chaos. Right, right. And it's like that saying, you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Yep. And everybody has faith. Right. They, they may have faith in themselves. They may have faith in Fauci. Buddha. They, they may have faith in Fauci. They may have faith in, in who knows what. I'm I'm advocating for faith in Christ right? because he's the rock. He's the one we stand on. He's the one that's trustable and he's the only one that gives us the truth. Right. And as you were talking about the peace of God and the peace that he gives us, I was thinking about, you know, the, the way we are with our children, like God wants us to come to him, to give him our concerns, to give him our fears, the things that are keeping us awake at night so that he can take them from us and give us, fill us with peace instead. And I was thinking about times when I was a child and I would come to you or mom with things that were bugging me, things from school or with friends or issues with siblings. And I would just come and I, I need some advice and I talked to you and I felt so much better just having had a chance to offload, to talk to you. And you give me some advice, you give me some wisdom. And I just feel this sense of peace just from having just from knowing that you're there and that you're mm -hmm. listening to me mm -hmm. and you're a good father and I know not everybody has that type of relationship with a parent but that's what it's like with with God the heavenly father sure. you go to him in prayer you give him those things and you just leave it with him don't take it back give it to him leave it with him and he and in turn he's going to give you a piece <laughs> like no I got it Laura you don't need to take it back I can take it from here thank you <laughs> But that, but that's, you know, that's what it's like having a heavenly father who's, he's omnipotent. He can do anything. You bring it to him and he says, okay, thank you for telling me. I, all I wanted was you to come to me with it. Now I'm going to fill you with peace and leave it, leave the rest with me. Yeah. And that's one of the ways, you know, that you've left it with him is you have peace. Mm -hmm. If you're still torn up inside, you haven't really given it to him. You're still trying to figure it out yourself. Yep. And he's like, okay, so whenever you're done, just uh, just give it back to me because I really, I can handle it, but, but I'll just let you come to that conclusion on your own. But it actually all starts with that first um, application of truth, which is that peace with God. 
And you come to that place when you surrender from yourself and trying to do it your own way and give it to God and say to him, I need you. I'm trying to do life on my own. It's not going so well. I feel defeated. I feel struck down and I need you. I need you to come into my life and be my savior. And that is, it's so simple. We talk about this um, in each of our podcasts, but it's called the ABCs of salvation because even a child can do it. And I gave my life to the Lord when I was five years old. So I know that a child can do it. And A is admit that you're a sinner, that you can't, you, you can't save yourself. You have to have a savior, someone who lived a pure, sinless life. And that was Jesus. And so B is believe that Jesus is Lord. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose again the third day. He defeated sin. He defeated Satan. And he lives in heaven. And he's coming back one day very soon. And then C is call upon his name. Confess Jesus is Lord and ask him to come into your life to be your Lord and Savior. And Dad, will you walk us through that prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you that you provided Jesus. He is a great Savior. And even though I am a great sinner, I need Jesus in my life to save me from my sins. And Lord, I need your peace. Uh, we live in a world of chaos mm -hmm. and a world of unrest and very troubling times. Mm -hmm. And we need your peace and we want peace with you. So Father, I just wanna pray right now. I know that I've sinned. Mm -hmm. I know that I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve heaven, I deserve hell but you have made a way for me through Jesus. I believe in him. Mm -hmm. I believe he was nothing less than God on earth among men. And I commit my life to him. Mm -hmm. I ask you, Heavenly Father, make me born again. Save me. Take me to heaven mm -hmm. so that I can be with you forever. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer, we, and that's our heart's desire that you did. Um, we ask that you would share that with us so we can celebrate with you and send you some materials to get you going in your faith. And you could email us at hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today and for tuning into Hope for the Hurting. And you can catch all the episodes we've done thus far in this series on the armor of God and the series we did before that on the end times, which is also very enlightening, especially with all that we see happening in the world. We need to be prepared. We need to armor up and we need to be ready um, for Christ's return. So you can check all that out. You can find all of our past podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and also at HopeWellCouncil.com. You can find that under Hope for the Hurting. And we finish the Armor of God series in just a couple of weeks. Next week, we're talking about the Shield of Faith. I think we've got, what, three, four episodes yep. left in this series? Yep, yep. yep. So you're not going to want to miss any of those. And if you have any questions along the way, things that you'd like Dr. Irv to answer, you can send those to hopewellcouncil at gmail.com. And I'm going to close with Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.